What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of That Lakers Guy. And I am the one and only, the infamous, legendary, That Lakers Guy. <laughs> oh, I wish, uh, I wish I was returning from another mini hiatus on better terms. Um, my plan was to watch the Lakers Sun series and then do an episode recapping, going over um, what they did right, what they did wrong, what carry over into the following series, and do that progressively as we went through the playoffs. But that uh, that just was not in the cards. We uh, we are out the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. We are out the playoffs. Yeah, we uh we got spanked in six, and um, you know, just uh, the basketball gods collected a, a debt that we uh, we owed them from last season's victory. We went basically all last season without any major injuries. We had a couple um, minor injuries, uh, like. Avery Bradley missing a couple weeks, JaVale missing like a week, AD missed like four or five games, Braun missed like one or two, but for the majority of the season, we went rather unscathed, and um, that just wasn't the case this year. We, from the get-go, we had just got beat the fuck up, (laughs) Uh, so... Last time we talked, we were heading into the play-in games, and we had a hell of a game against uh, the Warriors. Well, it was a hell of a game. We did not play a hell of a game. We had, there were some awesome moments, um, and it was fun to watch. But honestly, it, it should have been a, a red flag of things to come because we did not play well. Um, we got by on our defense and some timely big shots from our stars and that's basically the story of of the sun series um cp3 got hurt right away with a shoulder injury but it kind of like fluctuated in its severity and um lebron had also uh his injury fluctuated in severity with his high ankle sprain uh some games he looked fluid in movement and he looked like he had explosiveness in some games, he could not move laterally. He couldn't chop his feet during closeouts. Didn't have lift, and just just wasn't himself for the majority of this this series. AD um, showed up to game one with a whimper. Game two, three, and four played a lot better. Hyperextended his knee in game four. Sat out for game five. Um, due to a groin injury that uh, that followed from the hyperextended knee and then tried to play in game six, lasted maybe under five minutes, and then he was out. That just It was just not happening for us. Um, so, and that wasn't even it. Uh, during game six, we lost Alex Caruso uh, in game four. KCP also hyperextended his knee, which hindered him, and... Um, he was out for game five he played some in game six and uh we just it was not in the cards for us this year and we kind of went on all season hoping that 
with enough time away from the game that LeBron and AD would be able to recover enough to where they could be some sort of themselves and play themselves into shape as the playoffs went on and it just doesn't work that way um so let's go over a couple things from the series um lebron's injury got exposed with ad being out um as ad was rolling in games two and three they he was able to kind of do a little bit less and pick his spots on when he wanted to really explode and when he wanted to um take over the game in spurts and without ad he had to do a lot more and it took a toll on his injury um one thing that i don't think caught enough flack was charles barkley's remarks on the whole street clothes nickname uh that was just classless charles barkley is an ass um the sooner they can replace him the better for that show in general i just you know i don't care for charles barkley i don't think he brings anything never says anything intelligent um his entertainment value isn't super great i don't really find him funny um yeah i just don't really know what he has to offer um so fuck him (laughs) and on we go um game six was very interesting andre drummond got a dnp cd and that was unexpected i guess game six is where you kind of throw I mean, it's the playoffs, so you should be throwing your best punches anyways. But when you're facing elimination, that's where you kind of run through plays, backup plans A through Z. And um, in what I'm, I'm assuming is a, an attempt to, to increase familiarity and um, muscle memory and require less individual thinking and and decision making they they play they replayed marcus soul in the starting lineup and gave trez the backup minutes and um honestly at that point it didn't really matter anymore because we were dead in the water and they made a valiant effort in the second half of game six but the the suns just got to such a hot start that they were up by like 30 by halftime or something so there was just you know maybe had they kept it respectable maybe within you know under 20 that that second half comeback would have been resulting in maybe a win maybe you were able to steal a win but even then at at that point you're you're considering trying to go and and take a game six with when you're looking at a game seven with a heavily injured LeBron, no AD, no KCP, no Alex Caruso, and three unhappy centers. So, like at that point, you're just kind of like, what's the point? What am I going into battle for? And um, you know, they gave a valiant effort. Like I said, they they went out respectably and there was just it, it it honestly wasn't worth the physical toll of playing a game seven uh, as beaten and battered as we were and um you know we were put out of our misery so um yeah so that happened um marcus soul got the starting minutes and Tres got the the backup minutes and uh andre drummond didn't play 
And um, we looked our best in game three. While our shooting still wasn't there. I mean, it was never there this, this series at all. Our shooters just, their jump shots abandoned them completely. And um, we dominated the paint. That's how we, that's how we won in games two and three. And game three was where the, where the guys seemed really cohesive. Um, AD was hitting. Uh, he was playing aggressively. Well, his jumper wasn't hitting, but he was playing aggressively. He was attacking the rim, and that drew the defense away. So that way LeBron can attack the rim, and that further drew the defense away. So guys like Dennis Schroeder and Andre Drummond can get in where they could and be effective, and they were able to really just contribute and it's uh it doesn't it doesn't go without notice that they played their best when the stars were playing their best and that's how this team was designed all role players our contributions only matter and are effective when our stars are playing at an elite level that's how this team was built and that's how it's supposed to be built then it's this isn't a system team like Phoenix and like the Jazz where you plug and play. Mike Conley's out, okay, well you move some you move Joe Ingles into the starting lineup and you continue the system or you know that's not how this works. They the the offense is built around them and that's how you're supposed to build a team when you have stars of that caliber. If you take the three the big three out of the nets and you play off the role players, you don't play the same way and they're not nearly they're not gonna be as nearly as effective or winning as much, if at all. Um, so when you have two stars you build around them because that's the smart thing to do. And anyone that says otherwise is just stupid. So don't listen to them. Listen to me. I'm here to guide you into the right direction. Remember, I am I am the context guru here, trying to trying to enlighten you guys and um, you know boost your your hoops IQ a bit if you uh, if you if you listen closely. <laughs> um, you know, obvious aside, but really, um, they are the main. They are the engine and. Have you ever tried to drive a car without an engine? Because it's just, it's literally not happening. You take the engine out of a car, now you just have a shell. And that's what the Lakers were without LeBron and AD. Um, when AD is rolling and Braun gets rolling, it trickles down. Trickle down Braun, Braunonomics, I, somebody said. Um, but yeah, so um, we just couldn't, we couldn't get going because our in injuries just kept hitting us and it just seemed every time we ha we grasped onto hope and we're like okay maybe this is finally we're turning that corner if we're about to ride in and and get going on this playoff run and boom another injury and uh, it's just heartbreaking man um i i do believe that this team is more talented than last year um and if we had a healthy squad I think we would have the best team in the league. But I guess that's n neither here nor there at this point. Um, when you have the healthy guy, healthy, <clears throat> when you have healthy stars, it patches over the lack of continuity just with talent alone. And we saw that in the beginning of the season when we were 21 and 6. We saw that talent was taking precedent over continuity. And we were a top 10 
offense and a top 10 defense and we were looking like the champions of old not the old champions as Kenny Smith would say so um, going forward just uh, and we're going to talk about free agency stuff after the playoffs are done and we can kind of get settled into the offseason we're going to need to work on a few things and shooting is probably the main factor Um, so we'll talk about that later Uh, So let's talk about players that did well, players that were inoffensive, and players that played poorly. Excuse me as I take a drink of water. Because um, we had players all over the board when it comes to this. Um, Players that played well, and it's only conditionally. (laughs) Like there was nobody that consistently played well that was dependable and reliable to contribute positively. And that's uh, LeBron and AD when they were healthy, um, well, as healthy as could be. They were, as I've said, they were the engine. They were the driving force. They were the orchestrators. Um, you know, our offense is built around LeBron, and our defense is built around AD. And um, so when they were semi-healthy, we looked semi-awesome. <laughs> um, Wes Matthews came in, and, and he, he played pretty well um he was scrappy on defense he was physical and while he didn't shoot very well he did hit some timely shots so i do give him that um and then rounding out the list is mar uh Marc and andre drummond and that's conditionally because they work when our stars work um andre drummond had some minor chemistry with lebron and defensively was only great when AD was great, but offensively, they AD and Drummond just didn't have chemistry. That was, um, and I think Vogel found that, and he started pairing his minutes more with LeBron rather than AD, and that worked for the better because um, when Bron sat, Drummond would sit, and then Mark would come in and pair with with. AD and that worked a lot better because you give a big who knows defense a big who can space the floor by shooting threes and who can add playmaking um, for the deficit that is created when LeBron goes out so Mark just checked a lot of boxes that Drummond didn't and fit better with with AD Um, so on to the inoffensive squad I mean, uh, they had ups, they had downs, but ultimately they were eh. And that's Alex Caruso, KCP, and Dennis Schroeder. And everybody's, uh, I mean, the Lakers in general are polarizing to their own fan base. Not to mention, you know, the national basketball fan base or fan bases of other teams, whatever. Um, So, you know, people aren't going to agree with me, and I don't give a damn. Um, I've, I've never had a problem being wrong, but I do stand by my opinions and, um, you know, like, or like I said, I don't, I don't care. I don't have a problem being wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'll, I have happily admit it, done it before. I'll do it again because nobody's basketball takes, um, are right all the time. Nobody's out there batting a thousand. So, um, Alex Caruso, he had some ups, he had some downs. 
Um, his willingness to shoot open threes was uh, wavering here and there, but when he was confident, he was able to hit at a decent clip. Um, his defense was pretty solid, and then he got injured. Uh, KCP had great defense, like le- legitimate elite defense guarding Devin Booker and, and CP3. It's just that his jump shot was gone. MIA put out an APB for it and just was trying to find that motherfucker because it was nowhere to be found. And then there's Dennis Schroeder, who's one of the most polarizing guys on the roster. And Dennis Schroeder was going when the stars were going, just like the rest of the team. And that's by design. Dennis Schroeder um, has uh, his main offensive contributions is attacking the rim he's gonna pick and roll switch onto a big or someone that isn't as as a uh, flight of, of foot and he's gonna attack the rim he's gonna go and try to get layups and then uh he, he gained a decent driving kick game or he's gonna pull up for that uh, elbow jump shot so his offense is unlocked when LeBron and AD's offense is going and they're able to drag out the off the defense and create space um, or diversion. So when the, the stars were going, he was going. And that was ever so eminent because he scored 20 plus when we were winning or in game six. And the games we lost, aside from game six, he scored terribly and threw a donut out there. Um, so... His defensive uh, tenacity wavered here and there, and I think we saw peak defensive Schroeder in the second half of Game 6 because he was the spark plug that kicked off our, our comeback. And um, that's the, the Schroeder that we were in love with when, we, when the whole team was healthy because he was just a dog and he was attacking at, at the point of attack he was um, going for steals diving for loose balls and he was just scrappy and that's the that's the player that, that we fell in love with and we wanted to see sign for long term um, yeah so those three were inoffensive they had their highs they had their lows and overall it was a neutral um, the players that played bad <laughs> Um, and I guess everybody can, for one reason or another, put their name on here, but more bads than goods. Uh, we're talking Markeith Morris, Kuzma, and Trez. Keith, like literally as soon as the stars came back, his jumper failed him. He was one of the driving forces that kept us floating above water, uh, when the stars were out, him and Dennis. Uh, Markeith Morris was instant offense in the beginning. He was a starter. He would get a double-double just about every game. And um, he was, honestly, he was flexing his his his, his basketball game. He had a nice mid-range, decent uh, mid-to-low post game. Uh, he was a glue guy. He could hit threes. He was playing solid defense. And he was great for team chemistry. And then as soon as the Stars came back, uh, his, his jumper died <laughs> and so um, you know just never recovered in, in the playoffs I think he shot like 12% so that was pretty awful um, Kuzma played solid to really good defense at times in bursts and his offense was god awful couldn't hit shots uh, made bad passes uh, 
just he didn't have great IQ, wasn't great at making decisions, and um, it was kind of frustrating here and there. And his body language between him and LeBron wasn't great. So you know, this Kuzma just didn't show up as much as we needed him to. And I'm not even, you know, I've said this before with context um, on Kuzma. I'm not looking at Kuzma as being the third star, quote-unquote. I'm not thinking he's going to be the dude that is coming off the bench and giving us 20 every night because that's just not the way this team is built. This team is not built to have a a quote-unquote third star. This team is built around LeBron and AD giving you about 30 a night and everyone else kind of gets in where they fit in and pitches in as, uh, you know, team warfare and um, the focus won't be on any one particular role player unless they're incredibly hot so Kuzma is not asked to be Lou Williams and just or Jordan Clarkson just go in there and just start bombing shots and try to get 20 that's not and people still expecting that need you guys need to stop watching first take because they got you hyped on something that is not just that's not the situation um you know kuzma was never destined to be the third star so don't let these these theatric sports pundits trick you into thinking you know basketball when you're trying when you're calling you're hating on kyle kuzma for not being this third star he was never meant to be um he was meant to be a solid role player who's uh a sizable wing and who can hit shots and um he's turned into a well-rounded player plays defense can rebound at times he can really pass and then he can hit shots and he just wasn't able to do the offensive end of that this playoff season so, uh, this playoff series so um temper your expectations because expecting too much of players is not I'm, when your blood pressure is through the roof and you're getting gray hair because you're yelling at Kuzma for not giving you 30 a night, um, that's your fault. <laughs> Don't be stupid. That's your fault. Um, and then Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell had, I mean, we all saw the Nugget series with the Clippers last year. Um, Doc Rivers just threw him up against the wall and I hope it stuck. He kept trying to have him guard Jokic, and Jokic is the MVP this season. He's an MVP caliber player. He's one of the best bigs in the game, and and you need a true center to play against him. And he kept playing Trez. Trez is six foot seven. He's not even the biggest. He wouldn't even be the biggest wing player that we would have if he was a forward. And he's a center on our team. So. In hindsight, the Trez signing wasn't super great, except for the fact that our stars went down and he was a big part of it in in bursts. Um, There were games where we would not have won without him. So he was a great regular season signing, but expectations had to be had to be controlled for his playoff potential because 
in the West, we're going up against big centers. You're going against DeAndre Ayton. You're going against Nikola Jokic. You're going against Yusuf Nurkic. And you're going against Rudy Gobert. So, you know, Zubats and, and Ibaka and Boogie, those don't really concern me. They're not like elite centers. They're not, you know, they don't bring a big fuss. And, um, but the previous ones that I had named, like those are legitimate centers. Those guys are going to give you problems and you need to put size on them. And you need to put, um, centers with great defensive acumen, high IQ. And Trez is just not that. He has never played for a team that demanded great defense of him up until he came to the Lakers. And um, not having the offseason and the training camp and time to get acclimated and, and really get a grasp of, of the defensive um, system that we run, which is an elite defense, clearly. Um, it just, man was fighting up, you know, swimming uphill all you know swimming upstream all season long and his shortcomings were always going to be exposed in the off season i mean in the in the postseason and um so he got he got some dnps in the minutes he did play he wasn't very good because uh the Suns didn't play dario saric and didn't really play frank kaminsky because they knew if we did we can capitalize on that with trez trez will eat with those dudes playing and um when you're playing eight and 40 plus minutes a game there's not really any any minutes for trez to get in there so mark and and andre drummond got the the majority of those minutes and then in game six in the minutes he did get you know he wasn't all that um so trez just wasn't a fit and um well he's he's a easily one of the easiest players to get behind when he's on your team he brings that energy during the regular season you love to see him when he goes on his scoring tirades and um this season he even had a crazy little mid-range jump shot that was falling for him and you know it's really easy to love trez it's just he's seem as of right now it seems like he's a regular season player and it's just not um the the type of player you you can get away with play, playing <clears throat> real minutes in a, in the postseason and it's a shame um it's a shame because like i said he's easy to get behind so injuries is uh it's the theme of this episode and this whole season honestly we had a short turnaround shortest off season in it in any major sport and um after basically playing basketball for a full calendar year, um, season started in October and then the finals ended in October. So, you know, and everybody mentions the four months they had off, but if they were, if the players were worth their salt, they were remaining in basketball shape during those four months or something similar or close to basketball shape. So it's not like they were just, you know, snoozing. Um, and a lot of them were locked in at home because that's when, you know, COVID hit and that's when it hit hard. So it's not like they were just kind of out on vacation and stuff either. So mentally, physically, these guys were locked in for a calendar year, took, uh, less than six weeks off and went right back to it. Um, so they weren't able to nurse injuries, rehab, recover and retrain, they had a short turnaround, then played a condensed season where they were playing so many back-to-backs, such short time, 
and um, with 10 games less so that's even less time in game to get acclimated with each other and so that spelt demise for both teams that were in the finals and um, three of the four teams that made the conference finals in the first round so that is just uh, the way the dice rolls I guess and um, you know excuse me as I flip my page in my notes and just uh, it sucks um, it would have been awesome to see the Lakers go back to back because usually you know as history has written when Lakers win championships they win them in multiples at a time and this just wasn't that um, people want to talk about the bubble championship and Disney and whatever fuck them they're idiots um, they wouldn't be saying that shit if their team had won Heat fans wouldn't be saying it if their team had won um, same with any other whack sorry ass teams fan base um, <laughs> sorry I'm getting really salty but um, it's just it wasn't a fun season we didn't get to enjoy just about any of it really and um, ultimately it, it was just too much to overcome uh, this dealing with the whole, throughout the whole season just dealing with some sort of handicap before AD's first injury they were 21 and 6 top 10 offense top 10 defense uh, they were the best team in the league and they weren't even hitting their stride AD went down Braun went down Mark went down Alex Russo Dennis added Drummond added Ben McLemore mix and match lineups and just like with injuries when you're dealing with one injury and you're trying to play through it your, your other muscles are going to try to overcompensate and that's going to lead to another injury and that you know the same logic applies to this team um, you know when our stars went down we were somehow and it, it's wild honestly that we were able to maintain a number one defense in the league because we did that without LeBron and AD and that's coaching and that's effort so you're basically playing playoff level defense without major parts of your team going in every game and you're spreading role players extremely thin by asking them to do far more than they're used to you're asking dudes like alex caruso and tht to be your primary ball handlers because dennis got covid twice and mark got covid so you're out all kinds of playmaking um and these guys who are supposed to be secondary playmakers off the bench are now your you know you're starting in your your secondary uh playmakers in total and they're your only two playmakers so you're stretching everyone thin everyone is overcompensating for for these missing parts um so once the stars do come back everyone is exhausted and they kind of like have that sigh of relief and release their held breath um the bad thing is that when the stars returned they were not nearly their healthy selves so they're still asking a lot of the start of the role players who are now extremely exhausted and it just couldn't get balanced out um you know so i don't think we'll be f looking back on this season with much fond memory if there's any really um we'll always have the blowout versus brooklyn um we, that close game against the celtics and I'm sure there's a couple of other fun games somewhere sprinkled in this series in this season. 
we'll have game three uh, of the Sun series, and uh, that's about it. But uh, on a side note, I do have a little rant I want to go on about Lakers fans. Um, Lakers fans are always polarizing the league's uh, other fans like to hate the Lakers fans and for good reason um, we've been blessed and spoiled with a, a winning history and we win titles every decade and um, we're in a big market we're desirable in a desirable city we get the big stars um, but yeah um, Lakers fans have been asked this season honestly uh, they've been really shitty um, they, throughout the season, at one point or another, the Lakers fans proceeded to shit all over Marcus Gasol and then begged for him to play. Shitted on Dennis and begged for him to play. Shitted on THT, shitted on KCP, Kuzma, Wes, Keith, Drummond, everybody. I think the only player that didn't get shitted on this season was Ben McLemore. <laughs> and, um... You know, had the the playoffs gone on long enough, maybe they would have shitted on him too. Um, so, you guys are idiots. Um, you're not real Laker fans. If you're bashing on your own uh, team, you're just completely just destroying them, and um, you should be ashamed. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, Skib. Um, and at certain points of the season there were even fans and and okay so there's different like atmospheres of fandom so you have uh, lakers twitter you got instagram fans then you have like bleacher report fans and reddit fans and like so you got laker fans everywhere and i think uh the quote-unquote fans on bleacher report are probably the worst um they have the worst takes the lowest iq um there's a lot of bandwagon fans in there. Um, and then just a bunch of people just don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And uh, there are points where they were calling for everyone to be traded at different points in time, including LeBron and AD. And that's where I drew the line. I was like, okay, you, you got to stop because you're getting real goddamn ridiculous now. <clears throat> so it was just a, a very frustrating year. Um... I hope we lose a lot of fans because that shit is annoying. They want to trade everybody, then they don't want to trade everybody, and then um, they're just shitting all over our team. And um, those aren't the kind of people you want to watch a game with. If I'm watching a Laker game with you and you're talking about, oh, we need to trade everybody, we need to trade LeBron, trade AD, we need to trade every these guys that suck, we're trash, blah, blah, blah. I'm never watching a game with you again. And I will tell you, and I will tell you to shut the fuck up and tell you you're ruining the game. Just shut your mouth and just watch quietly. <laughs> and because I love I love banter, I love basketball talk during the games, you know, being frustrated. I understand that I live and die on every possession, but I'm not going and I'm not talking about these dudes' families, for one, ever. I'm not... Um, as long as they're wearing Lakers jerseys, I'm not saying they're trash. I'm not saying that um, they should be in the China League. I'm not fucking. Uh, I'm not doing anything that's out of pocket. You know, I, I'm always gonna support my Lakers. Um, and because at one point or another during the season or postseason, 
Each no each player's number is gonna get called, and we need them to perform. And play, you know, players aren't inclined to do so if you're sending them death threats and talking shit about their family members and just being classless assholes. So um, you guys are fucking idiots if you're doing that kind of shit and you need need to cease to exist. Um, anyways, my rant is over. Um, it's been a rough season. Uh, and it's just like, well, now, you know, we've been put out of our misery. So we've got a five-month off-season um, for our stars to recover and and retune in, fo refocus, and rebuild. Because we saw what happened last time. Uh, injuries plagued our, our stars and how we, we bounced back from that. So... I think we're going to be in for uh, a very interesting season next year. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to, uh, my next podcasts, I'm going to be talking about each player individually on the team, how they did this season, and uh, the likeliness of them returning, how that would work, the contract stuff, all the good stuff, all the interesting stuff. And then once the playoffs are done, then we can talk uh, free agency and all that, all the wildness. So, um, yeah, this has been a, a depressing episode. I'm too sober to do this episode. <laughs> um, and uh, maybe I won't be for the next one. So it's been a ride, people. Um, this season is in the books. And hopefully the next one's better because this one sucked. Have a good night. And I'll talk to you next week on That Lakers Guy. Peace.